For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast, hosted by the starting kicker for your Golden Gophers, Matthew Trickett, and me, Tony Liebert. Um, for today's episode, uh, we'll mo- be moving past the bye week and previewing the Gophers' Week 7 matchup at Illinois. Um, we have a few uh, questions from the listeners that we will be answering, and we'll um, talk about I guess the rest of the Big Ten landscape in a week that the Gophers didn't play. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll just start with some questions. I think um, most of the Gophers' um, fans' biggest question heading into this game, I think, would be Muhammad Ibrahim's health. Um, I, you obviously had a full week of practice as a team, and I don't, I'm not going to ask you to speak on his injury directly, but uh, – did you see him uh, during practice? W- was he at full strength? Kind of how was that um, from your point of view, um, l- watching one of your teammates practice? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's practicing. He's his normal self. Um, it's really just getting him back into the swing of things, you know, getting back to 100% is always important, especially when you play a position that takes so many hits and, you know, he'll hit somebody, break that tackle, and then get hit again. So he's a back that gets hit multiple times on every single play, and that takes a lot out of you and is very demanding. Um, so just, you know, working him back up to that level where we need him. Yeah, definitely. Um, and obviously you had a bye week with no games going on, and I think a lot of Gophers fans are wondering – Kind of what happens during the bye week. I know we uh, touched on it a bit last week, but um, kind of, I guess, what how different was practice this week compared to any other week um, during the season? Yeah, so we started out at the beginning of last week with a little bit more focus on us and our schemes and what we liked up to this point and what we think we're going to like against the opponents going forward. 
Um, so, you know, a lot more focus on us and different things we can do a little bit better to gain a competitive edge. And then as we progress through the week, you know, um, we still wanted to watch that Illinois, Iowa game to get a few more, uh, few more hints and reads off of Illinois offense and defense. Um, but, you know, we started developing a game plan and started working in things that we know that Illinois is going to do for sure. You know, they're going to hand the ball off a lot to number two, Chase Brown. And, you know, defense is preparing for that. And offense, we know that their front seven is very solid and we're going to have to establish a good run game and then open up the pass game. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that Illinois-Iowa game. Uh, it, it was kind of all – if you had to, like, predict uh, before the game what was going to happen, it was kind of exactly, I guess, like the worst-case scenario almost. It was just 9-6 to six game, um, obviously a lot of field goals, not many touchdowns. Uh, I, I guess what um, is the team's early impressions of Illinois? They're obviously having a, uh, a good year compared to last year, um, and you guys uh, tripped up against them last year, but they're kind of one of the surprise teams really in the country this year. Uh, you mentioned Chase Brown. They have one of the best running backs in the conference, if not the country. Um, kind of what are your what, – what are the Gophers' first impressions of Illinois kind of looking ahead of next week? Yeah, I mean, back-to-back weeks, Wisconsin and Iowa, and they took on both those challenges, uh, two very different teams, and they won those away games, you know. So that's not an easy thing to do. They're definitely a good team. They know how to win. And, I mean, they're a top 25 team now. Um, So I don't think you could really call them a surprise anymore. But, you know, they're a good team. So I believe we all know that. And um, we got, you know, our little surprise two weeks ago with Purdue. And we just can't let that happen again. We know that from now on, we're just going to be playing fantastic teams. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Purdue, I'm still shocked that they're not ranked in the top 25. They had another win this week um, on the road, I think, at Maryland. And uh, I, I still just think they're one of the more underrated teams in college football this year. They're a really solid football team. And I, I think as the year goes on, people are going to realize how tough of a game that was last week for you guys and how tough of an opponent Purdue is really anyone in the Big Ten, if not the country. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's part of getting off to a rocky start, um, similar to us last year. You know, we got off to a rocky two and two start and then entering conference play. It was really up in the air where the season was going to go from there. I feel like that's kind of the same way with Purdue right now. Um, But they've had two conference wins back to back against, you know, us and a really good team in Maryland as well. So like I said uh, a couple episodes ago, you know, that's kind of Purdue's – That's what they do. They just go in and, you know, beat a lot of teams that on paper you don't think they should beat. So there's a lot of season left, and we'll see where they end up. Uh, You know, hopefully a couple more conference losses for them so we can get back to uh, first in the Big Ten West. But, you know, we can just focus on ourselves from now. 
Yeah, I, that's a good point. There's a lot of parallels with their season this year compared to your guys' last year. And uh, definitely a team that I think all uh, Big Ten and Gophers fans should be watching. They're, I think, one of the more complete teams in the conference. Um, as for uh, some more questions, I guess. Uh, so as you continue to look ahead towards Illinois, how much of a, I guess, motivating factor is it that – you guys did lose to them last year, um, but you you have a different team. Illinois has a different team. But still, how much does that factor into, I guess, you might not be using it as a team, but in the back of your guys' heads, you obviously know um, you would like to get some revenge for last year's loss. Yeah, I mean, all the older guys know it. Um, that was a week where – we thought we were feeling good and right after Illinois, we had Iowa and, you know, I don't know if the team last year was looking a bit too far into things and looking more at Iowa than focusing on Illinois. Um, but now we have completely no reason to look past them. You know, they've established themselves this year so far. They're a great team four and one, um, I believe two and one in the big 10. And, you know, they're, it's, they're neck and neck with us right now. If not, they might have the upper hand. So they're not a team to be taken lightly. Um, I don't know how much guys on the team are looking at last year at all, um, but that's definitely something saying, hey, this team can outplay you if you let them. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's the only way you can look at it. Um the, a few more questions. Uh, I, I guess I can answer this one. Uh, but um, at G O M N underscore R T B asked, um, "What is the is the current state of the offensive line to be uh, concerned or overreacting?" I guess. And I, for anyone, I think that's um, asking critical questions like that. Um, it's obviously they're just going off of one game against Purdue that uh, didn't pan out on the scoreboard and there's obviously things you can nitpick from that game that you couldn't from the first four games and I think anyone just needs to have patience for the season overall at least from my point of view um there's obviously still uh seven games left on the schedule and a full season ahead there's so much football left to be played there's so much that can happen in a given week we kind of saw it this week in college football um even like Alabama, they were on upset alert against Texas A&M just across the country. It just – I feel like it, this is one of the deepest years of college football. It seems like there's like 50 teams that are really good. Um, the top might still be the same, but really like teams four through like 50 are all like really, really good football teams, I think. And I think um, as for the offensive line, that's a position group that – was a big turnover from last year, and it just takes time to gel. And I think in the first four games, uh, we saw how talented that group is, and I, I don't think there's any concern that they're going to figure it out going forward. Yeah, no, you, I don't think in any situation or any position you can just panic after one week. Um, you know, that's what happens a lot of times in the NFL with kickers, and you see a great kicker get cut, and yeah. then – you know, the Vikings are infamous for uh, – what's his name? Uh, Daniel Carlson. Daniel Carlson, yeah. So, you know, you can't 
overreact to things just yet. Um, I mean, everybody on the team has not questioned it at all. Uh, we're, we still fully support all the starting alignment and, you know, how we're going about things. So I wouldn't panic as a fan unless the team starts panicking, you know. So we're good. Uh, we just had some things to clean up, uh, some things to fix, and I think they're going to be rock solid from here on out. Um, still a lot of tests lie ahead of them, uh, especially this week with a big uh, D-line front with Illinois, but I don't think there's any reason to panic. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's really all you can do as a fan. And the biggest thing um... – I think as a fan, when you're watching the team, is uh, at least for me, kind of growing up, even as a sports fan, that when you should start to panic is when you see it on players' body language or coaches' body language. And I don't see that um, watching the Gophers at all. Um, yeah. You can kind of tell when a team's defeated. And against Purdue, nobody looked defeated. And um, it just – not every game goes your way. And that was just not – well, we kind of talked about it on that episode. There were just a few moments in that game that if they just bounced the other way, it's a completely different game. Like the um, touchdown pass uh, bouncing off someone's hands, um, the short, short fourth down play. Just There's it was just so many tiny plays in that game that if they go the other way, people were talking about how uh, not every win's pretty um, and we survive that game and go on to the next week. So I think people just need to – um, take it one week at a time um, and take each week like a one-week championship season, ha what Coach Fleck preaches, and I think that's really all you can do. Yeah, 100%. And like you can see in the other Big Ten conference games this past week, you know, wins aren't always pretty. You know, you had that Illinois-Iowa game that I wasn't able to watch all of it, but from what I heard, what I was seeing, it wasn't all that pretty. Um but at the end of the year, Illinois won that game. That goes on their record. That helped them jump into the top 25. And, you know, that's what people see at the end of the day, the winner, the loss, um, even though both teams have major things to improve on. So um, we got bested against Purdue. Purdue was the better team for that three and a half hours. Um, and – we have to learn from that going for, going forward um, that it's just three and a half hours that counts. You know, we can do everything right leading up to that point, but if we don't show up and perform for those three and a half hours, that's going to affect us for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's it's a uh, the interesting cliche in football that uh, people always say that you are what your record is, but um, at the end of the day, that is kind of true. But also, at the end of the day, there is the other side that uh, the better team doesn't win the game all the, all the time. Um, but five years from now, people are going to look at the season and only look at the record. They're not going to look at how the team is actually playing and how they're practicing. So that's the interesting part about football and really sports in general, that um, you can't have a team that is better and you lose. But at the end of the day, uh, wins and losses is kind of what determines – who the better team is. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, one other question. I think we might have talked about this on an earlier episode, but outside of Minnesota, what is the best stadium environment that you've played in? Interesting. 
Um, I'm trying to think. Since I've been at Minnesota, let's try and list all the places I've been. So this year, been at Michigan State. Last year was Colorado. After Colorado, Purdue. Where else did we go? We went to Iowa. I was, you know, it's exactly how I thought it would be. You know, a lot of tension, a lot of competition, a lot of hate for the Gophers. And it was, it wasn't a night game because it was uh, later in the year. I think it was a 3.30 kickoff or 2.30 kickoff. Yeah, I think so. Uh, But at the end of the game, you know, it was dark out. The lights were on. And you could see all the black and gold in the stands. So that was, that was a very fun place to play uh, just because of the history and the pig was at stake and it was a close game. Um, So that was a great place to play Um, from my perspective. I still have a lot of big 10 stadiums left to hit Uh, and, you know, I'll cross some other big ones off the list, but so far in my career here, I would say Iowa was the best atmosphere to play in. Yeah, I went to that Iowa game last year, and there, I feel like there's something about the stadium. It almost feels like the fans are kind of like on top of you, just the way yeah. the field's kind of designed. Uh, it is one of the cooler – I mean, I haven't been to that many uh, college football stadiums, but it is uh, – it deserves the praise it gets as one of the better environments in at least the Big Ten. Um, I think any – Gophers fans should at least try to make make it out to a game there. It, it is fun uh, for as much as uh, Minnesota fans hate Iowa. They do have a nice stadium. But um, I, I, when you were at Kent State, what was the toughest uh, place that you played in? Um, I would probably say Penn State. That was my freshman year, and – at that point, you know, I was just kicking. And then we had our two punters go down. So then I was the third string punter. Wow. And had to start. That was my first game starting as a punter was against Penn State at Penn State. And you would think Penn State noon game against, you know, a small group of five school wouldn't draw that large of a crowd. But they showed the attendance like midway through the third quarter and it was 106,000 people. And I was just kind of amazed as a true freshman, I was, you know, trying to take it all in, but still kind of amazed by the atmosphere that college football provides. Yeah, it, it is crazy. Every, every Saturday uh, fan base is like that. They show out no matter who they're playing. Um yeah. When you're looking at, I guess, uh, yesterday when you're watching Sunday football, another question we had, do you uh, follow any of your, like, former teammates, kind of see how they are playing? Uh, I know last year, uh, obviously, guys like Coquif and uh, Boye Mafe, but do you keep track of kind of how they're doing on a Sunday? Oh, yeah, all the time. And, you know, we have the TVs going on in the players' lounge, in the training room. And whenever we have, you know, 15 minutes between meetings or something, we're going to those places to sit down for a little bit and check in on those teams that are playing. Uh, Sometimes you'll have teams that 
you know, don't have any gophers on them. So then we're quickly flipping through channels, trying to find one that we can watch to support our guys. Um, but yeah, we love doing that. I love seeing the guys that you know and the characters that they are just go out there and have fun and perform. Yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of football. You kind of build a brotherhood, obviously, as teammates, and seeing them succeed at the next level has to be kind of rewarding. It is. It is. Not even, you know, you'll look at different programs and coaches and what kind of NFL talent they produce, but, you know, it's also about that brotherhood that you mentioned. Um, just having guys – special like that with the ability to play in the NFL um, and just being able to say, yeah, I know that guy or something like that. And obviously everyone in the room when we're watching knows that guy, but um, it's, it's fun. I mean, we take pride in each other's success. Yeah. I, I mean, we kind of touched on it last uh, episode with Parker Fox. Uh, when you grow up as a sports fan, um, you obviously don't really know any of the people on the team, but when you get older and you start building relationships, obviously as a player like you guys, and you start uh, having friendships with people on the team, it, it when you're watching on TV, it has to be kind of – it's it's weird because you grew up as a kid kind of idolizing them. Yeah, yeah, it's still that, you know, fanboy mentality of, yeah. oh, my God, like, <laughs> I know that guy. He's, he's so good. I love watching him play. And then you're also thinking about the memories that you had with that guy and um, just how they're just people like you and me, you know? Yeah. It's, it's that weird balance of they're just a person, but at the same time, they're exceptionally gifted and love watching them do what they love to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess kind of now going on, uh, going away from the questions and kind of into how the rest of the Big Ten fared. Um, last week, um, I know we touched on the Illinois-Iowa game that Illinois came on top, 9-6 um, in Champaign. Um, Nebraska took down Rutgers on the road. That was a Friday game. Um, Ohio State uh, kind of dominated Michigan State. Uh, kind of one of the surprise teams of the year, kind of how down Michigan State is. But uh, Purdue uh, beat Maryland in a, in a close one on the road. Uh, Wisconsin kind of got back on track with a dominating win over Northwestern. And then uh, Michigan was kind of struggling against Indiana for about half that game. And then they kind of pulled away at the end. Um, but again, I know we've talked about it all year, but I think there really is no easy game on the schedule. Um, I think Indiana proved that this week's a team that some people might look at as one of the uh, worst teams in the conference kind of was sticking with Michigan, who some people think might be one of the best. So um, yeah, I guess well, uh, I I would I, I, like we said that the Big Ten is super deep, and there really isn't a, a week off all year. I think. Yeah, and going off of that, when I was watching Indiana Michigan, you know, I was a little bit surprised at how tight Indiana was keeping it and whatnot. And at the end of the day, you know, just scrolling through all the scores of the weekend, you start to compare like how bad this team got beat um, yeah. you know how good are they really based on just the score alone um, and I feel like that's something everybody does kind of human nature to compare yourself and compare your team to other teams and 
uh, I wanted to do that, but, you know, I always have to stop myself and remind myself, you know, it doesn't matter because it's only those three and a half hours that counts. Um, and if I were to do that, then by that logic, you know, we're a lot worse than Purdue and, uh, you know, FAU kept it closer with Purdue than we did. So FAU is better than us type deal, um, which, you know, we all know is not true. Uh, that's not the case, but that's how people like to think fans like to think. And that's how, you know, lines get set and favorites get picked and stuff like that. So you just have to know every game in the big 10 is its own game. You know, there's its own surprises. Like the one coach on Michigan went down with a seizure, like pray prayers up for him. Um, but like anything can happen, weird things on the field, on the sideline, like you don't know what is happening with each team and how each team wants to approach the game. Um, so while I'm watching it, you know, you're always thinking, what can we do to take advantage of this and how this team's playing? Um, but at the end of the day, you don't exactly know what you're getting yourself into until you step out on that field that next Saturday. Yeah, I think the Indiana game uh, kind of is the uh, perfect, like, example of that. Because if you look at the box score, you're like, oh, Michigan won by three touchdowns. They probably were dominating most of the game. But if you watch that game, you kind of notice that Indiana was able to keep up with them for really uh, 45 minutes of game time. And uh, it's it just – kind of like we said all year that there is no easy week and you kind of can't look overlook any opponent even if it is northwestern or rutgers two teams that have been able to keep up with um really a lot of teams on their schedule and they're going to continue to yeah yeah and i know a lot of teams are very emotional and will use emotions to drive how they perform and coming off a loss you know I know this as taking many losses in my career, but, you know, you always have that extra motivation when you lose to go back out there and prove that you're better than what you last performed at. So teams coming off a loss are especially dangerous, and that's kind of not exactly how I see us, but, you know, we have a little bit of an edge this week. So, yeah, I, I, uh, that's one thing that I – in football, I think a uh, bye week is obviously a huge advantage when you get an extra week to prepare for an opponent. Like, Illinois is coming in kind of off a dogfight with Iowa. Um, they're probably a little beat up physically. You guys got a whole extra week to prepare um, for them uh, mentally and physically. And obviously, you guys have to go on the road and into, into Champaign, which is always – uh, 11 a.m. kickoff, it's kind of one of those Big Ten uh, stadiums that you can kind of get in a, a sleepy game at 11 a.m. where um might start out slow, but it, it, it's the Big Ten. It's kind of – it's dogfight football. It's going to be physical. Um, But kind of, I guess, looking ahead to this week against Illinois, what would your, um I guess, message be to any Gophers fans that – might be a little uh, down on the season after the Purdue loss. And they're like, oh, they might be questioning this team a little bit. What would you say to them, I guess? 
it's it's not over. Uh, this week is going to be a dogfight. It's two really good teams going at it, and you know it's is one of those sleeper games since it's at eleven a.m. You know it, it's not really a huge broadcasting game or anything like that, but you know it's going to be two really good teams going at it, and this game is a champions championship season, like truly. You know, two teams at the top of the Big Ten West. It's going to set the course, I think, a lot for the rest of our season and the rest of Illinois as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think if if you don't got anything else, I think we'll just wrap it up there for this week. Um, big game against Illinois, Gophers versus Illinois, kind of for jockeying for position in that Big Ten West. Um, as always, I appreciate everyone listening. Uh, row the boat, Sky Uman, go Gophers. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.